I just didn't really like Josh Hutcherson. I thought he was a whiny bitch the whole time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the time. Katniss just has to save his bitch ass all the time. Every single turn, she's just having to carry his dead weight around and having to save him. And she has to even offer to kill herself so she could save his sorry ass. Everybody, come. Get saved by President Snow. Come to the mansion. Like, where did all of these people appear from? The other side of the city. Or let's even talk about where did leopard people come from? If you don't explain that there are leopard people or why there are leopard people uh and then you just have a leopard person kind of be involved with like the it's too late to to introduce leopard people like right that's a Uh, there's all the flowers and i'm just remember sitting there thinking why does president snow have such a boner for all these these white flowers (laughs) he's all hopped up on that tracker jack of venom he can't tell the difference (laughs) between katniss and catnip all right, man. Yeah. Why do you always sound like a 1930s radio announcer? I, I love the transatlantic accent. I guess I, I grew so. up on that. I just think it's awesome. He's always hopped up on that track of jack, you know? That. Yeah, it's all <laughs> jacked up with it. Why didn't you pull the machines? Why didn't you call them? You didn't see what was going on? Well, there's no way to determine that. Yes, man. there is. An infallible way. They won. What's well, a casino? People got to win sometimes. Hey, what do you think? I'm a fucking idiot. Probability on one four-wheel machine is a million and a half to one. On three machines in a row, it's in the billions. It cannot happen. Would not happen. You fucking Momo, what's the matter with you? Maybe it was the love of the planets. Maybe it was just my growing dislike for this one. But for as long as I can remember, I have dreamed of going into space. Now that I've met you... Would you object to never seeing me again? The biggest regret of my life, I let my love go. That price on my head, was that dead or alive? Don't remember. See if he starts shooting. I don't ask you over for dinner and then suggest you give a lecture on the peoples of Mesoamerica, or whatever your pre-Columbian shit is. This is my job. This is how I pay the fucking rent. The same gentleman that told me that you tried to get your broker's license also told me that you were a straight arrow. He ran a security check on me. Well... Sail on a boat fit for a Bond villain, sometimes you need to play the part, right? First of all, dude, you don't have an accent. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it, it gets upset. Its hair falls out. Walter, fucking no. dog has fucking papers. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey, you were over the line, that's a foul. What happened? Did your, did your balls drop off? <laughs> Hey there, everybody. Welcome into episode 41 of Film Tank. On this week's episode, we'll be reviewing the uh, final uh, film in the Hunger Games Katniss Everdeen series, at least. Uh, that is Ketner. Sorry. <laughs> that, is, that is Ketner's. <laughs> that is Ket. Oh, dear. Okay, ready? Cat. Oh, I said I said Katniss. I was I was going in to say Catching Fire Part 2. Oh, which this is definitely not. Say. This Mockingjay really Katniss is revenge. That would be. That would, I, I'd actually be interested. In I'm really that. glad you caught yourself there. Katniss is a really horrible name because it's very hard to say when she possesses something. And then you have to say Katniss's, like Katniss's, you know, bow and arrow. Katniss's uh, rebellion. The, the bow and arrow that Katniss happened to have. Oh, okay. It's probably easier to. No, it's not easier. It's just no, more it annoying. Causes more more words. So anyways, uh, we're reviewing Mockingjay Part 2 and also talking about uh, the rest of the Hunger Games series uh, as well. 
Nick uh, Cheney and Toussaint Egan here, and Erin Silk rejoining us. She was with us uh, a couple months ago when we did an episode on Chinatown. That's right, which coincidentally, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like I should point this out. Right now, currently, uh, Chinatown is on our front page as the last one before it gets knocked off to the next page. So luckily you're back because now at least one of your episodes will still be on the front page. Oh, I feel nice. like you timed it perfectly. Golf clap. Everybody mm. needed to know that. So that that hey, you know what? That's something. <laughs> it is. I feel like uh, just like in real life, once uh, once our episodes gets knocked off the front page, the the listens at it sort of plateau a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, some of the some of the more special episodes, so to speak, kind of trickle down, like the the top six ones and whatnot. Sure. But yeah. That Kingsman episode isn't really picking that many listens up. Mm, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always have that, because that was our first episode, but yeah. We will. Not I mean, a... Toussaint won't have it, because he couldn't show up for the first episode, but... Uh... Yeah, his first episode gets to be The Conversation. I like The Conversation. That's a good movie. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, where should we start? I guess we should start talking about the whole series, right? Or we could you just... stole my intro again. We can just whistle the Mockingjay theme We already theme all went the time. through the intro, so I had to get in there somewhere. Just whistle the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to review. And every time Good. you pass it back to me, I'm just going to do the whole Mockingjay like, rebellion signal. It's going to be just... really tough for all the listeners That's to not going to pick up on the mic at all. Oh, well, then guess what? Instagram. I'll just, you know, live Instagram this entire thing. I'd like to let us know when the last time we actually did an Instagram post was. <laughs> yeah, I don't It might know. be in the neighborhood Kenny of, Kenny like, was the Instagram guru. Yeah, now that he's out. Well, not out, but, you know, he doesn't <laughs> like to join us anymore. I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love you, Kenny. He's not listening anyways. <laughs> no, but I, I, if, if we looked at it, our last Instagram post was probably something like 14 weeks ago. Inside Out. It, it was Ant-Man Trainwreck, because I think it was, like, the last one that he was, like, officially on board with, so. so yeah. yeah. Maybe one of us should um, take the reins. And... Well, the problem with Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Are we really going to have this go. out now? I'm just saying. The this problem is, like, behind-the-scenes talk. Is that you can't share links. So it's, like, you can only promote your content, but then you're still, like, almost, like, saying to your listeners or your users, like, but also go through the work and, like, come find us. Like, it, you know, it's it's it, it's a good little bonus Easter egg for people, uh, you know. It really, we shouldn't have been using it necessarily in the way that... I can't believe we're having this conversation now on my... We can, on my back. Like, can, how did this happen? What's that? On my back. <laughs> how did I convince myself this was a good idea? Aww. You just appeared out of nowhere. And like, hey, you no, want to talk about the Hunger Games? You're like, yeah, whatever, that, fuck it. And now we're talking about Instagram. Yeah. We can cut this whole okay. thing out. But no, we're not. It's okay, good. But this I'm good. just saying, like... That's, that's the reason why I personally have not kept up with it, because See, I don't want to force our listeners to have to do all the dirty work. Just by this discussion, I think we're going to get at least two Instagram likes this week, <laughs> our old pictures. So, Oh, yeah. Maybe. You know what? Maybe. I'll, I'll say this. I'll have a, let's do a New Year's resolution by January. We'll update I'll, our social media pages at least once a month. Well, I mean, we do <laughs> Facebook and Twitter at least once a month. I mean, we're at least at that point. Yeah. But I will say this. Maybe we will start using Instagram for the, the ways that it should be used, where it's like, you know, I'll start taking pictures during recordings and just kind of like throw it up there. Like, this is us recording the, the Mockingjay part up. You know what? Hold on. Here we go. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> the first one was like unfocused. Okay. Oh, we can't have that. No. Can't have that. All right. Move our away Insta- from the mic to breathe. That is our Instagram. We will have an Instagram we photo will. for our audience. So please go like our Instagram photo after we release this episode. That's right. There we oh, go. Oh, you know what? Since we're talking about it, yeah. I feel like I should mention that, once again, we need to remind our listeners that Stitcher is a horrible website. And oh, yeah. Damn are, you, Stitcher. <laughs> I know. I feel like we may have even had this conversation. <laughs> we on, did. Okay, yes. The we saga continues. Exactly. Huh? We yeah, haven't talked okay. about it since that episode, but a new chapter has unfolded, and after Stitcher basically reinstated us and actually like right. started like uploading our episodes again. Um, we ha- we now have a new problem where like our episodes are all there, but the most recent one, the Spectre one, uh, will not play, and there's no real rhyme or reason, and Stitcher does not offer any real support uh, hmm. other than a support button that just sends an email to nobody. <laughs> and uh, so, you know what? We are officially pulling all ties. I, our, our podcast will remain on it because we can't remove it, but uh, we are not Get enough of their games. Yeah, we're not su- done. Yeah, we're not promoting that website anymore. So yeah, if it ends up working in the future, great. But uh, we we don't we don't care anymore. So there you go. Little public service announcement for yep, you. There you go. All right. Very we good. are aware of the issue. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Very good. I'm glad we put our flag in the sand. Yeah. Took a stand. You have mm-hmm. to. You know, if you if you just let the man just push you around forever, you're just going to get fucked over. So you know what? You've got to graphic. Okay, so you guys want to talk about the Hunger Games? Yes, I think yes, I do. Boy, yep. do I! Because yes, this I has do. been a like more than usual derailed episode. Because all you... Aaron's fault. What? Ouch. Come on! Just kidding. Yeah, I mean that's some bullshit. <laughs> that's some bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, uh, as I mentioned, I think we should start off talking about the, the series, at least the first three films, and kind of our, our feelings, and if we liked it, if we didn't like it, if we were interested in seeing Mockingjay Part Two, and then we'll go into the the official review of the uh, the new Hunger Games film. So, um, who wants to start? I'll start. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you for taking taking just grabbing taking, that taking the reins, just 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 taking running with it. Yep. Okay, so when I went to go see uh, the first Hunger Games film in 2008, I actually wrote a review for in it. What year? Year? In what year? In 2008. No, that would be 2012. Damn, I, I, I actually <laughs> I actually just looked at it, and I guess I was looking you, at like the the publication for the actual book itself. Yeah, sorry, um, man. I, I really no, it's okay. Really it's really all right. Hate to be okay, that when guy. I went to go see it in 2012, you're right. <laughs> I actually wrote a review for it, and I didn't like that film at all i felt that the premise itself was really interesting but it felt way too facile attempt of trying to like actually like deal with that subject matter of like these kids that are like sent to this place in order to kill one another and it felt way too tween and happy and 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 too poppy for me i just didn't like it at all too happy i thought it was too happy yeah i thought i thought it was way too hands off like the happy games yeah, I, I, like that. What like that part where they the guy like murders the girl by slamming her into the yeah to the wall. Yeah, like I, that, that felt I, happy. To I you? also I also love the part where you don't even get to really see that, and the camera is just darting around. You actually yeah, don't it's see a PG thirteen movie. And Come I on, thought, man. And I thought that was stupid. Sorry. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. it's it's funny that you're saying that only because I actually I'm with Alex in the sense that I feel like that's the only kill in that movie that actually like works on a brutal visceral <laughs> level because it seems very immediate. But I don't agree. for the most part, sorry. I. 
well, okay. <laughs> who let you on this podcast? Uh, me. So anyway, you, you saw the movie. I saw the movie, and I didn't really like it, but I did really enjoy Catching Fire. To this to this day, like Catching Fire is probably my favorite of all of the Hunger Games films. Spoilers. Well, yeah. This being... Well, now I know Mockingjay Part Two would blow you away. Well, you don't know where it actually like lands on that ranking. Okay, <laughs> it's not number so, one. So. <laughs> I guess my favorite like moment from Catching Fire would have to be when. Uh, What's her name? Katniss. <laughs> <laughs> so really, you just didn't see. No, any of these my movies. favorite moment is when Katniss and Peter are have been chosen for the quarter quell, and they have to like basically do the whole um, like public relations circuit, and they have to like go to the different districts and like encourage people to actually be a part of it. And you see like the uprising and the swell and other stuff like that. And they go to Rue's district, and basically everybody like sides in solidarity with Katniss's speech. And there's the old guy who does the mocking Jason symbol, and everybody does it. That actually really hit me like really hard because I, I felt like can they murder him? Yes, but also <laughs> just because like it felt like the gravity of that actual, of that actual situation yeah. finally hit home that this. That the events of what's going on in the Hunger Games, like not everybody is totally okay with it. Right. They're not beaten down to submission. Like this really hurts. This leaves a vacuum they're, they're, for this just, girl having died. They're decidedly different than something like how yeah. the, the, the Harry Potter movies are structured, where mm-hmm. like they have the craziest adventures like every year, but it almost seems like each year happens in a vacuum. You yeah. know, like they, they can reference it, but it doesn't really seem like it ever emotionally impacts them the way that it should because they're in their fucking children. That Wampling Willow really. Killed us in the second year, and then we never visit again. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, so. pretty much. But, so yeah, yeah I agree. Um, yeah. I, so overall, overall, I. What about part one of Mockingjay? Before you saw part part one of Mockingjay, I didn't actually see part one of Mockingjay <laughs> in theaters. I only. But did you see? I, it? I watched it after oh, okay. having <laughs> seen part two, just because I was curious about it, and I thought <laughs> I thought part one was boring. I, I didn't think that it had any significance other than to set up the events of part two. And I guess that's kind of the 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 weakness of, like, splitting your, your finale in half. Like, one of them is probably going to be weaker than the other. <clears throat> and, yeah, I just... I just didn't really care for it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you so just general, you you think, that, well, out of, out of the first three, there's, to you, there's, there's two duds and one success, so to speak, right? Uh, perhaps. There's, there's definitely, perhaps. there's definitely one that I... I'm just I, like asking you. I'm there's like, def- I'm not going to like force my hand of like what I think about Mockingjay Part 2 right now. No, we're just talking about the first, first three. three. About the f- first three. Like, right, the first three films. I'm saying so far what we've heard to mm-hmm. recap is that you said that there were basically, in your opinion, two duds and one success, meaning yes. one and three are duds and the second one. Is yeah. Best, but I was just Pretty much, yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Got it. Cool. How about you, Aaron? Uh, I know that, that you wanted to be on this episode, so I'm assuming you like the series? Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, because I read all of the books, it's kind of hard to... That makes one of us, by the way. Oh. Yeah. One person on this podcast. That's, <laughs> all right. So that's I good. think for me, I really like the first two films, but I think it's because I like the first two books. Mm. And Mockingjay, I was just kind of meh about. So... Um, yeah, I would say I think the casting was really good. I like Jennifer Lawrence's Katniss. Um, I really like Cinna in the first two. Um, 
So yeah, the uh, but I would Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, he He's was re- he was actually really good in it. He is. Yeah. Like, Shave off the fro, he can be serious. I know. <laughs> and, you know, without reading the books, he's such a secondary character in the movies that I was surprised that like when his death scene happens in the Catching Fire, it's actually one of the. I, I'll say this much: I, I felt more at that death than I did at I would say the big shocker in Mockingjay Part Two. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah. In the books, though, Sina's a pretty integral character. That's what it seemed. Yeah, like. she was very emotionally attached to him so yeah i i thought that lenny kravitz did a great job with that yeah but i would agree with you that tucson that uh you know mocking jay part one was just okay but it was just trying to set up for the final yeah yeah Yeah. there were good parts in it like I would agree. Like the part where um, Katniss is filming her whole promo with Philip <laughs> Seymour propos. Hoffman. Yeah, the yeah. propos. And he's just yelling at her for <laughs> acting so bad. You just got out of battle! <laughs> yeah, his uh, his frustration is just... That's that's why you cast Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's just, it's just great. We miss him. Yeah, we why do. not? Yeah, but um, I will say that... And we can get into this more, but I don't really like Julianne Moore. So oh. President Coyne, not really... I don't know. That might make her perfect for that role then. Because she's so unlikable. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think she's a good actress, but... It's just... <laughs> I... <laughs> why are we looking at me? <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny. What is it, that, that she thinks she is a good actress? That's funny. Yeah. Funny like funny how. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. Do I meet you? Yeah. <laughs> well so, cool. Um You want me you want me to me to talk why about Why don't you go? Things? Me, okay. Yep, you. I know you will have the the most things to say out of everybody as per usual. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, at least truth. it's not gonna be it's gonna be like the first time where we talk about a big blockbuster franchise that I don't shit all over. Oh really? Hmm. Oh yeah. okay. I guess that's true. Isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna <clears> say. Yeah. I mean Cool. Well, 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 that's something to look forward to in a few minutes. Um, I kind of had a you know not so sure feeling about the first film when I saw it in the theater. Uh, I really didn't know anything about the series, so I just kind of went in cold. And uh, the, the longer it's gone on, the more I actually like the first film. I feel like the first movie is really cool because pretty much the second through fourth film is solely based around a larger picture where the first film is just about the Hunger Games that are involved in it. And I feel like that's a really cool snapshot of when you know, and obviously if you'd read the books, you would too. But for me, obviously, not a big reader. Um, When I saw now... the hard. Well, it it takes time, and who's got time for that shit? (laughs) An effort. (laughs) Um, When I have seen the other three films now, going back and watching the the first film again, it's nice just to look at these characters and see their endless day you know, prior setting of just living in this world that they inhabited before uh, the uprising took place. Uh, and I, I do actually like the games in the first book or first movie. A lot of people uh, commented that they, they thought the games were the, the weakest part of the first film. And I would disagree that I, I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed uh, the lead up to you it disagree as well. And then that is your favorite part of the movie. No, it's not my favorite part. I just don't think it, it's, oh. it's awful. Like a lot of people thought that oh, the yeah. games in the first film were a, a, a major weak point, And I, gotcha. I would disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So I thought they were pretty good. Well, and I think it's a, it's a good way to understand why the uprising started, mm-hmm. you know, why it has, yeah. you have to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that, that, but that's the cool thing though. It's not like with mo- so many franchises now, the first film is always the origin story, but this isn't really an origin story. We, we don't really find out 
much more than just some you know details about Katniss. We're we're just living in the world that she's in. If it was an origin story, we'd get like President Snow's rise to power and like why the Hunger Games started seventy five years ago and all that kind of stuff. But it's but he was like one years old when the 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 Hunger Games actually were, were started. Like, President I, Snow? Yeah. yeah, President Snow was one years old when the Hunger Games actually got started. I actually went back and, and read the wiki and made sure about this. I wanted to know about his character. So, yeah. Well, but I, I guess I'll slightly disagree with you, Nick, about the Oren story thing because oh. that was one of the things that I most disliked about the entire series is that it probably works really well in books. But for me, um, the fact that we aren't allowed to spend hardly any time with anybody other than Katniss in the Hunger Games series, I feel like takes away from some of the other characters. Wait, just so I understand, what do you disagree? All I said, just so I get it, all I said was if it was an origin story, it would look like this. I didn't say whether Well, you said if it was an origin story, we'd get like the origin story of President Snow and everything, and I don't think we would. I think we'd just get more about Katniss. Oh, okay. Okay. Aaron, I wanted to ask you a question sure. because you've actually read the books. Mm-hmm. Um how are they? How is the story actually told in in the books? Like it's yeah, told it's in first to- person, right? Yeah, it's told through Katniss. Katniss so that's her, inside. yeah, her viewpoint. That's what I think. Um, at least for me, when I first watched the first film, that I thought was missing because I didn't really get to see a lot of her insights and her reactions to like how her attitude about the games evolved as she's in the game. Like I, I didn't feel like she. There, it, it didn't come through that she was really tussling and really like wrestling with a problems of like am i going to have to kill rue am i going to have to kill this other person i felt here's the thing i don't think that jennifer lawrence i think she's a good actress i don't think she's she was good enough to be able to convey that to me i'm sorry i'm sorry i I love j-law but i don't love i love j-law but i just don't feel like it really came through for me okay we're Mm. gonna unplug your microphone whatever (laughs) (laughs) but but i i think in terms of in a film setting is someone, I guess, and I can speak more just for me personally, because I really like so many of the supporting characters. I feel like we spent so much time always with Katniss. It was so hard to ever find out anything about the supporting characters. And I really do think it took away from uh, some of the films as I, I like Katniss and I, I feel like she's, uh, you know, was the main part of the story, obviously. But the fact that she's in such a high percentage of scenes, in fact, I really can't even think of a scene that she's not at least involved in somehow. Uh, it's, you know, it's, even it sometimes scenes, attracts from the film. Even the scenes that take place not in her immediate location are her watching it on a screen. Or, you know, yeah. like there, there are very few times when the film will actually leave her behind to check in on another character. And that's something yeah. that it, it was a just how the films were and how they, yeah. they wanted them to be. And for the most part, I like them, uh, but I, I thought that was something that I, I wanted to see more of. Uh, going to Catching Fire, it's, for me, the clear best film in the series. Yeah. It's, it, even though I, I give the first and third, and I'm not going to just, just um, not gonna say what my fourth film rating is, but even though I gave the first and third film good ratings, the second film is the only uh, film I give a great rating for. I feel like there's so many parts about Catching Fire that really always have me interested every minute I'm watching. And um, there's so many great characters that get introduced, whether it be Finnick or Joanna. Um, it's just a, a, an awesome film. And I, I, I love... What's Hoffman's character's name? Plutarch Heavensby. Heavensby. <laughs> okay, yeah. And uh, Well, Heavens A was taken. Oh. And that was... <laughs> 
that that was i think for me uh one of the the best parts is that the first time watching catching fire i really wasn't sure about philip seymour hoffman like i thought he really could be this terrible person and then you get the big get the big reveal at the end that he's really like the leader one of the leaders of the rebellion and it makes complete sense it does <laughs> you know like it, when but, you rewatch those scenes it, those double entendres so to speak work uh both for newcomers who don't know it and for returning visitors who are like oh duh and that's the credit i mean that's a great credit to the to the series is that they they did a really nice job with his character kind of you really weren't sure about it and then you find out that in fact he is uh he is a good guy uh and uh, again that that maybe a reason that i like the the second film so much is that it does have the the most involvement of my two favorite characters in the series which are joanna <laughs> and really randomly caesar flickerman who shows up uh quite often in the second film he's just great i'm sorry i'm a done. stanley tucci fan I, and he is just, <laughs> he is owning the shit out of that role in this series so he is it's really unfortunate that he had to be sidelined in the third and fourth films yeah you know i think his cheery disposition would have been a little <laughs> awkward like oh, oh another person dead so peter <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah and i could talk more about the second film but it is a it is a great film and a lot of just tremendous scenes that I, I really enjoyed and uh, a lot of uh, characters that I, I liked, especially the side characters that uh, probably could have gotten a little more. And then the first Mockingjay film, I actually kind of were right on the same wavelength as you guys. The first time I saw it, I was not a huge fan. I thought it was really boring and that it did not really do anything other than get people to go to the theater one more time. Uh, than they would have had to usually. <laughs> uh, but I saw, I watched it for the second time uh, earlier before I went and saw Mockingjay Part 2 and I actually liked it more. Even though I wouldn't give it a like great rating, I thought there was a lot that could be taken from that film if you watch it immediately after The Hunger Games and Catching Fire that I hadn't watched the previous two films before I saw it for the first time and I felt like that I just kind of came in cold and I was just like, man, there's just nothing happening there. And like really, to be honest with you, when you talk about like action and that kind of things, it's really just a painstakingly slow film. I mean, that that was one of the, the uh, you know, arguments against Mockingjay part one is that Katniss doesn't hardly do anything. She shoots one arrow in the entire film that, knocks down two planes in a whole city but you know whatever but then yeah we get to, to Mockingjay part two and there is at least one or two more arrows that fly out of her uh her bow so she has ptsd and she's still like wrestling with the fact that she is being co-opted as a figurehead for an entire resistance i guess that's one way to look at it and they, she just didn't shoot enough arrows so <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i in general i really do like the hunger games series and i was uh, very much excited to see mockingjay part two and i will give my feelings on that film here pretty soon but first let's go to nick who can talk about how much he likes the hunger Games series nick <sighs> tell us how much you love the hunger games i do did you I, love them <laughs> I, I, for the most part yes awesome I, <clears throat> when the first one came out i i i know not... you were trying to do the uh, the caesar I was, yeah, yeah. Good job, man. I uh, when the first one came out, I did not go see it at all. Like I actually pretty much forgot it came out, and I wasn't reminded that it even existed until Catching Fire was just about to come out. Then, like the reviews for Catching Fire were starting to like crawl in, like the early reviews, and it's getting quite a lot of uh, good praise. So I just on a whim, it was the first movie was on Netflix. I thought I would try it, like I was just gonna give it ten minutes, so to speak. I ended up watching the whole movie. Uh, I ended up watching the whole movie 
twice. I watched it again the next day um, just because I actually really liked this series as a whole. Now, the reason why initially I stayed away from it was because I, you know, you, you call your series The Hunger Games, and I know the basic premise, you know, children killing each other for a government's satisfaction or whatever. And I, I, I just had no idea before I went and uh, viewed the series that there was more to the series than The Hunger Games themselves, and that that's really just a placeholder uh, for, I would say, all the big action set pieces. It's like the Game of Thrones. There's more to it than that. Yeah, but I don't like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, and so I once I caught on to the fact that there's this, at least the series for me, is like trying to do a lot more than that. I mean, you know, the first hour and 15 minutes of the first movie even is like them just getting ready for the Hunger Games and uh, the TV appearances. And it's not quite as uh, expansive as when Catching Fire kind of revisits the same ground, but even to better effect. But, you know, like I had no idea like that even the first movie alone, we get like media manipulation and like, you know, um, like almost like a subtle satire on reality. TV, you know, like just all these themes that come through that just actually did keep me interested. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the first movie, and I don't quite buy into the whole like, well, the first movie when the games are so bloodless, it's like, oh, there's not enough blood, you know, like if the movie itself was about like, I haven't read the book, so I'm only talking about what I can see on the screen. If I felt like this was just battle royale and you know the Japanese movie, and like mm. that's what that movie's point was for, then yeah, like of course I'd want it to be a little more uh, staged, a little better as far as like to you know, uh, quench my bloodthirst. But because I was never in it for that, so to speak, and I thought that there was a lot more going on, it, it was never, if anything, I was glad I wasn't being distracted by, I would say, meaningless violence, so to speak. Um, but I do think most of it does work. Like we were talking earlier about like the, the, the head smash against like the shed door. I mean, like there are moments like that that did catch me off guard personally, or like Rue mm-hmm. dying. I didn't think Rue was going to die. I thought it was going to be a your typical YA fiction where, like, somehow, like, with the power of friendship, we get through it all or something. Well, and uh, another thing, too, is that, um, you know, as, as I mentioned, uh, you can only do so much and still have your film rate at PG-13. Right. right. And if yeah. you want teenagers to go and give your film that was made for $80 million and pay $750 million to go see it, you probably don't want it to be rated R. Yeah. So no, for sure. Go. So I was a fan of the first one. I didn't love it, but I was, I would say pleasantly surprised by what it presented. And of course I went and saw the second one and I'm not even going to talk about it that much because Alex pretty much said everything I think about it, which is that I thought it was fantastic. I thought that was the best mix of, kind of satisfying the people who were unsatisfied with the first film as far as making the games like way more involving when you're watching them and making those actually feel way more tense and exciting but once again still devoting a lot of time to what these people are doing outside of the games why the games matter to them on a global scale so to speak and not just getting into the micro uh level of just who wins the hunger games and so I, I was I agree that I think the Catching Fire is the the best film in the franchise. Um, I'm probably the only one here who loved not not loved who really also enjoyed Mockingjay Part One. Uh, after the first time I watched it, I I didn't like it as much as Catching Fire, but 
if you if you listening to me just now and I say I don't like the Hunger Games themselves so much as a narrative device, here we have a film that completely strips away that like there is no real action and we only focus on you know PTSD political maneuvering and you know um, and we're finally also addressing the idea that President Snow is not the only villain in this piece like that there you know a rebellion can completely abuse uh, their own f- uh, figurehead just as much as you know uh, the the evil tyrannical what a figure like now that we're getting into these adult dark themes and we're kind of slowly going off its orbit away from the YA tentpole that it started at i i was i was really on board so i i'm not saying it's a perfect movie by any means because it it is some of it's a slog um and some of it's kind of it plays up so many tropes that have already came before. For example, Cat dislikes to faint at the most crucial moments in her life. <laughs> and yeah. then we fast forward all the time that ever, you know, that comes up again in part two. Yeah. Um, Does you she know, faint a lot in the books? Does she faint a lot? Yeah. No. Or is that like oh. a movie thing where like they just... In yeah. order to compress time. No, that's a, I mean, we we can talk about it more because it, it comes into play for sure in Mockingjay part two. But man, that like especially uh, in Catching Fire, which I didn't think was that bad. But then we have that played again in Mockingjay Part 1 and in Mockingjay Part 2 then. It almost feels like the Planet Terror real missing part for me, (laughs) where you just had this event happen and then you go straight to, holy shit, what the fuck happened? Like You're like, man, I I really feel like I just missed a large part of the story and now we're here and... What happened? And the, the reason why it works in Catching Fire is that she faints when all of the action is over. Like, it's like this cathartic release of, like, you know, I can finally kind of, like, shut down because I've been live wire for so long. And also, the, that's the only time when the whole, like, startling jump of, like, when she wakes up, like, she has no idea where she is. And that's, like, a serious thing because the last thing she remembers, she was in the games. And now she's surrounded by people she didn't realize Including were Including Plutarch Heavensby, exactly. who she thinks is a fucking pile of shit. So, so. like that kind of go. reveal as far as like you we're on board with her um you know mindset or whatever. Later on it's just kinda like, you know, she wakes up in a hospital bed, like it's like, okay, you're fine, you know, but she's so worried or whatever. So like that in that instance of work, it really serves the whole final twist of that movie and gets you pumped up to see how it plays out or whatever. Hmm. So yeah, in general I, I really, really like the Hunger Games. They surprised me in ways that I never thought that they could before I even sat down and watched them. And uh, they're probably like my favorite blockbuster franchise in like the last five years or so. It's just really more than like the the Fast and Furious series or the Mission Impossible series. Well, okay, I guess I was thinking of ones that have started in the last five years. Like, oh, okay, I've, you know, I've, so I I don't mean movies that have spanned like oh, because like Mission okay. Impossible's been going on like yeah, um, for, but it's a franchise that is currently in existence. So. Right. I, okay. well, I wasn't speaking of that. Oh, so okay. To speak. This is like right. my like I don't care about any of the Marvel ones that they're establishing. I'm not caring about any of the uh, the other ones that have been cropping up, so to speak. Like this is the only one in the last five years that have started that I've responded to. I guess is a better way to put it. I think yeah. when I first went to the theater to see the first Hunger Games, it, and I feel like a lot of uh, films kind of fall victim to this. But I felt like, man, is this like going to be like Twilight or something? Yeah, like, I really oh, know. Come on. Well, I didn't know anything about. It and I had seen the first two Twilight films, and that was enough of that. To be fair, there was the whole debate of Team PETA and Team Gale, which I wanted to ask you that are you Team PETA or Team Gale? That didn't really become a thing, yeah. though. It didn't become a thing, and not only that, but the movie is fully aware of like the ramifications of that kind of question because it's not as simple as like 
some of the people who might like read or watch the movie and then just ship their ideal partnership. Like this movie is like I think at least the the series is I would say very self aware when it comes to like that. Like in the first movie, like mm. th- that only comes out of a situation to literally save her life, and then she's got to like literally be burdened with it. Right. And so I think, in, in a way, it's actually kind of a telling commentary on like, like if it was a man, and that's the other thing where I think Katniss is one of the best, also uh, feminine icons in the past, whatever, because she's great. But that's another thing is like if, if it was a man in this situation, we wouldn't be like pounding this character as far as like. But it's because it's a woman, then we, you know. And I like how Katniss plays into that for effect, like whether it's that's why she gets Peta saved in the first movie, or then she has to like live with the decision for like then she can't complain about it on the second, you know. Like it's I, like I, a a, a female. Why a protagonist who is able to break the fourth wall and see the audience is trying to ship her with something else, and that she actually has to yeah. live with that and, I mean, and catching fire the and whole live with the audience in right. order to survive. Catching fire, the whole subplot is her making that choice in the first movie just to save herself, and then in Catching Fire is her living with that choice and having to like force herself to like this person. Not that she doesn't like him, so to speak, but to like him the way the media wants her to like and to become this girl on fire that she never wanted to be in the first place. So I think it's like there are people there will be people that'll obviously uh grind it to a pulp down to its like bare whatever like yeah are you tim team Peta or team gale but i feel like the series itself is very smart about that component and only in mockingjay part two did i finally get a little uh tired of it so to speak but are you team Peta or team gale i think it's hard to team Peta. i think I think it's hard if you if you maybe if you had read the books. I, I really can't speak to to what uh, the characterization is like sure. in, the, in the books, but in the films, I mean, if you want to just put a, put together how much we know about the characters, we spend way more time with Peta than we do with Gale. I know we do. Right. He Even, never had a chance. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you just want to judge it based on screen time and how much we learn about the characters, Gale's just a he's just a the hunk back home who <laughs> went hunting with her. I mean, that, I don't. I don't know if this is true, but I've seen it on the internet, so I'm going to guess that it is true. Um, apparently, Suzanne Collins named her characters Katniss and Peta, so that way their shipper name, if people really needed to ship them, would not be Team Peta, like people branded it, but would be Cat Piss. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Or yeah. Cat P. Yeah, Cat P. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> as, as Alex just that. looks downcast, the only yeah. one who is fascinated by that. I actually find that's really interesting. Thank I, you, Nick. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I I knew it as soon as you said it. I was like, oh man, yeah. Oh All right. You guys are, as yeah. per usual, we're we're bringing so much to this episode, and it is great. I feel like you're mocking me a little bit. Mocking Jay. Well, I would say you know with with the whole team, you know, team Gale. Um, I would say Katniss, like, there's even moments in the first Hunger Games, though, when they're in the actual games, where they have some intimate moments where, and and that's true even in the book, where you sit there and you're like, okay, they're they're getting close, they're bonding, whatever, but then she has this internal, you know, do I go ahead and play along with this and be with PETA, but then she's drawn back to home, and, you know, Gail, she's grown up, he's taking care of her family, they hunted together, so, I don't know, I think... They developed that a little bit better, that internal struggle in the books in comparison to the movie, but... 
Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always, I wouldn't say it's like nuanced or anything like that. I just, <clears throat> I just like the way that her struggle between t- Team Gale or Team Peta completely does, I would say, thematically tie into the way she's being played by both sides. Like, she's damned if she does and she's damned if she doesn't. And yeah. the fact that her, like, it, it ties in with the idea that her biggest problem as a person is that her decisions are not her own. And she, like, and that's what's like she's most frustrated about it doesn't matter if she does make her own decision other people will use it for their own benefit and that's why she can't like move forward uh, and you know until all of this is completely over so the only speak. decision that she really had like that sparked this entire thing was made under duress yeah it was right. really just an impossible situation am i yeah. going to like send my my only sister to die or am i going to volunteer to be part of the hunger games that's the only decision even yeah and it's not even her choice yeah yeah so yeah, and it's she has to volunteer, and she's the the first time that someone's ever volunteered, which says a lot about the society. Yeah, I mean that that people really just want to be quiet and and stay out of the stay out of the the view, or else they could you know get taken out and forced to die. So there you go. So I guess we should uh, move on from uh, this little little discussion about the rest of the series and move on to the the actual film review today, which is. Mockingjay Part 2, which, uh, as I... The Chamber of Secrets. Which, as I mentioned, was directed by Francis Lawrence, who directed the previous two films, and stars uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Joss Hutcherson, Liam Hemsworth, Woody Harrelson, Donald Sutherland, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, Willow Shields, Sam Claflin, Elizabeth Banks, Jenna Malone, Jeffrey Wright, Stanley Tucci, Natalie Dormer... And a few other people, too. It was a, a pretty big cast, even though a lot of them didn't have too much screen time. The story is uh, the war of Penem escalating to the destruction of the other districts of the capital, with Katniss Everdeen, the reluctant leader of the rebellion, bringing together an army against President Snow, while all she holds dear hangs in the balance. Are you, are you coming to the tree? They strung up a man, they say who murdered three. Strange things did happen here, no stranger would it be if we met at midnight in the hanging tree. Nothing good is safe while snow's alive. And I can't make another speech about it. Snow has to pay for what he's done. One way or another, this war is going to come to an end. There's only one thing you could do now to add more fire to this rebellion. We all have one enemy. He corrupts everyone and everything. He turns the best of us against each other. Everything. Make no mistake. The game doesn't ever. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Welcome to the 76th Hunger Games. So, uh, Toussaint, you started us off uh, talking about the whole series. So, why don't you start us off talking about Mockingjay Part 2? Okay. So, I had not seen Mockingjay Part 1 before entering into this. I decided to just, like enter it blind just because I thought it could... It should be able to stand on its own as a sure. Um So I was kind of like learning uh, bit by bit, like what actually occurred in the previous film. As yeah, if you went on. from like from uh, Catching Fire to Mockingjay Part Two, and like the first scene is her with her vocal her cords all fucked up, and then Peta looking like he's fucking coked out of his mind, stuck he's, into the. He's chair. all hopped up on that tracker jack of venom. He can't tell the <laughs> difference between Katniss and Catnip. All right, man. Yeah. Why do you always sound like you're like a nineteen like thirties radio announcer? I, I love the transatlantic accent. I guess I, I grew so. up on that. I just think it's awesome. He's always hopped up on that tracker jacket, like you know? Like, yeah. It's all <laughs> jacked up with it. Um and just basically going out for the the last final assault against the Capitol and it's like dealing with that that first problem of like dealing with District Two and basically collapsing them in on their own city and you see that she has to like watch all that terrible shit happen and it's all being done in her name uh yeah it's 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 i'm probably not the best to like like actually go for the first opinion of this um what, too when, bad i mean what, what what's your just what's your opinion of the film go on man. my opinion of the film is that i really enjoyed it okay um i liked a lot of the characters i thought that the the penultimate scene where after she she doesn't even have her like when they're going out for President Snow's like mansion, right? And all the children are being lifted up and then you see like the capital like ship that flies over or what we presume to be the capital ship flies over and is dropping all those little like things that we know from the previous films as like they're supposed to be rations, caches, other things like that, and they just bomb the entire thing. I thought that was actually Snow like sort of falling on his sword like he would sooner run his sword through his own people and the people that Katniss cares about before he falls on his own sword instead and then you actually like get to the point where she wakes up after that after the fact because she fainted yeah Primrose is dead of course she did well hold on hold on a minute here like when when the 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 bombs happen the bombs go off when the bombs go go off off, but it doesn't Primrose comes after that and then more bombs go off right I thought it was. There was a big explosion initially. Okay, I was say, then, there we go. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. They were still falling on on top. I of gotcha. That. And I, then they yeah. have the. Then she actually goes into the mansion. She goes outside. She's able to meet like President Snow in this like outside like that, garden. That whole scene was a fucking train wreck. That for me, I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" It's like, yeah. why is he still alive? Like, I see why they're keeping him alive. And then you realize, like, oh, that's right. I remember. Like, President Coyne is an absolutely terrible person, and she's going to use this to seize power, which she does. She makes herself, like, the the interim president, which basically translates to indefinite. <laughs> then you have, how long? Uh, forever. Yeah, you have Hempmaster over there being like, so, uh, President Snow, how long is this going to go on? Well, we'll see about that election. Exactly. And, and then... For for me, like what really kind of like broke my heart was when they actually like went across the entire table and they were voting for another Hunger Games only with the Capitol children. And I'm just like, you do understand that 
inverting the status quo does not negate tyranny, but rather you're ensuring its continuance. Like for all the things that you did in order to get to this point, you are now pretty much making sure that it endures and that people will always suffer. They're just, they just happen to not be your people. And when Katniss, I, I hadn't read the book, so I didn't know like what her whole for print thing was, but when she voted for like actually having a hunger game, just so that she could, personally kill snow that broke my heart i was so sad when that happened well, but then when she yeah when then when she actually like like let her let her bow loose and actually killed killed uh killed coin and then snow gets ripped apart i'm like yeah oh, fuck yeah yes i hope you did that in the theater because yes i crying. did yes i did you did not there were only five people in the theater i didn't give a fuck really <laughs> yeah i was so happy oh, man. i was <laughs> like oh thank god Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That scene uh, actually, I, I I don't know if it'll happen, but I I really think that'll be a, a great gift or GIF or however you want to call it someday of mm-hmm. of President Snow like bent over laughing. Just laughing yeah. I'm, I'm just like, man, that that guy's crazy. That old was man. that was a little terrifying. I also thought that just stepping outside of um, the context of the film itself, but just how it was actually made, because we all know about the passing of Philip Seymour Hoffman during the actual like later production of this film and like how they amended and worked around it i thought they did it they had enough footage to be able to do it in a tasteful way where he's not able to be here because he's busy doing stuff in another part of the world and he can't go to see katniss during the final scene when she is in jail after killing coin because he can't be seen because he's already an established like member of the of the government and he has to be a a public face for that while trying to like die down all the flames, and it's like that made sense. Yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed how it was done. I'm glad that they didn't have any unnecessary weird yeah, CGI Tony Soprano's Paul, Paul Walker CGI. I was like, I'm, I'm glad that that didn't happen. Well, like they that. didn't like Paul Walker CGI was like Paul Walker in a car window, like yeah, no dialogue. Yeah, yeah, it but, wasn't like a Jeff Bridges CGI at the beginning of like Tron Legacy. Yeah, that's where, that's, where they were bringing back a character to that, like talk in front of the camera. That's not good. Yeah, yeah I didn't like that. But love that movie. I thought that um, that was really well done. I thought that the actual traps inside of the Capitol were cool, like especially the the first real one that they have to contend with. Like first, they're just like putting off all these different. What are they called? Pods. Pods. Yeah, the pods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they go into like this little like like uh, courtyard, right? This courtyard bottleneck that has like these really cool buttresses and like these two Gatling guns and stuff like that. And it's a trap. The, no, yeah, <laughs> but the like, way, oh, let's film, great the, spot. But the way that I I I saw when they're going into that, I was like, okay, they're falling after the the main line, like the first line line of the offense. So they probably already scanned for this area. But the way that I interpreted that scene was that the capital like purposely put up those stencils because. How the hell could they have passed through this area and they they didn't confront the Gatling gun or the the crazy biomechanical tar that like literally like, strings people up like like a kebab? They they obviously did that. And I thought that was really just that was smart on their part. I thought that was cool. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't like the ending. I was not okay. a, like I, the epilogue part. I didn't like the the epilogue part. I thought it was way too saccharine, and I just really hated saccharine. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a the only reason why I'm just reacting like that is just because it's a, 
it takes, I would say, a saccharine ending like like Harry Potter seven years later, you know. But it, like, I would say, kind of lampshades that because it's uh, the final scene of this entire series is a mother recounting how PS, uh, PTSD works to her child. You know, like, mm. I almost feel like it's not as saccharine as it, like... Because the moment you I might like to go, play a oh. game where I count all the things that I'm thankful for. It gets really tedious, but there are worse games to play. Well, I mean, it's like she's talking to her baby. It's called baby talk. I, I just really didn't like that line. There are worse games to play. No shit. <laughs> well, I think really they're well, just trying to wrap. Psychiatrist. They're trying to wrap the series in a bow. I mean, that's I what know, it comes I, down I to. It, and yeah. the same thing happened in the book too. I, know. I mean. Yeah. She just got bored, so. Who got that? bored? The writer. Yeah. She just got bored. Yeah. Classic Suzanne. So, uh, Aaron, why don't you, uh, you you bring your thoughts to the table? Obviously, you uh, were not, uh, as you said, a huge fan of the uh, Mockingjay book. So, what did you think about the second part of the, the film series? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't go in thinking that I would really like this film. And I came out feeling the same way for the most part. I'm not sure if I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think my opinion probably is a little bit different since I, I don't know, I already knew the ending and everything. But I will say that I think the uh, getting the the game, the game makers involved and doing the traps and stuff throughout the Capitol, that was all really cool. I like that. Um, Again, I think... uh, Katniss coming out with uh, wanting to go and kill um, President Snow herself and them being like, no, we need to do all of these promos. I thought all of that was really well done. Um, but overall, I don't know. I think it's really the ending that I just wasn't a huge fan of. Now, when you say the yeah. ending, you mean like after? When they're before... sitting in the field. and uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. But I, I mean, I did enjoy, you know, kind of the the in her internal struggle with Gail and then also um can we with talk, Peta. Can we talk about that for yeah, a sec? We can. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break it break <laughs> no, into that. But just because you're you're mentioning Gail and going back to the whole Gail versus Peta thing, but just like after like she wakes up and she has to after Primrose dies and I was just like, were you involved in that? Yeah. Because he's part of ballistics and he's like, I don't know. And I was yeah. like, that's the perfect reason to not be with Gail. Right. So yeah. I think in that moment, she's like, okay, I'm done with you. Yeah. And then later on, finding out that he's a captain or something like that. I mean, for him, for his character, that makes perfect sense. But right. Actually, I have a question about that. So he says, I don't know. Like, that's his response, right? So are we, I'm just curious, just as far as how I perceive that scene and how you guys, especially as someone who's read the book. So is he saying that because he's being a coward? Like he doesn't want to fully admit it? Or does he genuinely not know? I think the way I read that scene is that he um, does not know in terms of what side he was really playing the whole time. Like I feel like he he was part of it and he like thought, oh man, you know, because he really, to me really came off to fully believing what the the rebellion like everything up until she faints yeah um, but it's him saying like we'll kill whoever we have to this is war see but here's the thing that's what that's what i'm saying is that his what he told her is that he was you know staying behind to protect her family that was always going to be his 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 role was to to watch over her family no matter what was happening that you know he was his job was to be the protector you know they don't have 
a father figure around at all, and they don't have any sort of men in their lives, whether and it they be need a pr- men. Well, they don't. However, uh, it it is you know sometimes okay to have someone from the other species, not their species, but the other the other, oh, other species, the other okay. species. So better just in a whole other species class than women. You no. heard it here from Alex. No, no it's be- but it's sometimes it is okay to have somebody who is a man with the women. It, they don't have to he only be women. Was her, her, he what? was her friend. I agree, Alex. He was her friend, I'm and I think I think too with Gail. Um, in comparison to Katniss, Gail, I feel really believed in President Coin. Yeah, really believed in the cause. And Katniss, I feel was suspicious from Mockingjay Part One. She Just been. wasn't really feeling it. She, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, Coin was... was exhibiting behavior like the exact yeah. same behavior that Snow was, and I feel like she was the only one who saw it because she's the only one that like was being directly affected. Well, by it. it seems like everybody else. I mean, even Plutarch Heavensby, who is supposed to be. Her like right hand person. Yeah, I don't the mean that he's time is... the only one who saw it, but he. No, but um... what I'm saying is that pretty much everybody was like, "So you, uh, you, you're, you might have a problem here." Her, I don't know. Her practiced crying, like over the hijacked speech, like in uh, in the actual film, and then it like fades to is like we will always remember the Mockingjay, and it has a picture of her, and then it has like that really like cheesy like. Like graphic that they just threw up in in a second. I thought that was so gross. It's just such I a thought that gross. Was, yeah, way. I actually thought yeah. that was one of the better use or the better. I, I liked that Julian Moore was casted in this role personally because uh, the one thing that she does well, in my opinion, is that kind of like cold, heartless person. Like, there's a lot of roles where she fits that description. <laughs> She's so good at it. And so when she was brought in in Mockingjay Part One, and someone who's never read the books, I'm like, so she can't necessarily. And she and I saw that she was being that version of Julianne Moore, so to speak. I'm like, so she can't be all that good, so to speak. Like, we're gonna down the road, I assume. And sure enough, as that movie developed in this one, we we saw that you know she's not always that whatever. So like when we get all that, and then we get to Mockingjay Part Two, where there's a scene like that where she actually starts emoting and she's like crying over the death of, but it's all fake. Like yeah. I just. I thought that was a great little switcheroo, and it just, it just makes it uh, even apparent that it's even more bullshit than normal. Well, and going back to the the first Mockingjay, uh, that this whole point of Katniss not being able to act for the camera, and they have to like go on the field and explode a bunch of District A to get her to, to deliver what they want. That's a really good sort of showing the difference between her and President Coin. Because she is really at the drop of the hat, uh, right. Julianne Moore's character is able to just put on this face and pretty much lie. When you when you don't care about people and yeah. like the value of human lives, but yes, it's that Katniss easy. can't do that because she doesn't want to just do this for the sake of doing this. So, uh, you know, that's a, a good thing about actual human emotion. Did you? Yeah, I would agree, and I think you know throughout throughout the series when they're having her do these promos and you need to do this a certain way and you got to feel a certain way. I think really that's what triggered her to just be like, fuck this. I'm going to just kill president snow going off on my own. I'm going rogue. Um, and I really like that about her character. Yeah. 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 Cool. So sweet. My opinions on, on this film is, uh, I thought it was the, uh, the worst film in the series. Now I've only seen it once, so um, I will, I will, I will reserve judgment. Or not just reser- growled at you. Oh, well, I was like, hmm. that's fine. Oh, that's, I thought oh. you were like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
not reserve judgment. I'll reserve the right, though, to change my like opinion on it, because I did with Mockingjay Part 1. Uh, however, though, uh, this film, just for some reason, uh, especially the, the final act of it, just really didn't do that much for me. Um, I, I, I like the idea of this this last Hunger Games happening, and I, I thought that that idea was really cool, and I want to see like this play out in the in the capital setting, which it somewhat does. But, but it yeah. really wasn't a Hunger Games. No, I mean, like they they keep alluding to the fact, like that's because you know even Finnick has the line, or whatever. Like turn. that that's what yeah. this. Like I was expecting like an actual war scene. I was too. You know, like where you'd see the peacekeepers come out. I mean, maybe one time it happened, but it, if it did, it happened so fast. But they're they're just it, they're going through like a very life size uh, giant version of Home Alone. Like it's not like they're actually doing another Hunger Games. Well, which, and, right, and, it kind of threw me for a loop. And the, it seems like the the characters make decisions in in the film. That are totally just like it's it's like watching a horror film. I I'm, I'm hearing them make these decisions, and I'm like, the fuck you doing? Don't fucking do that shit. What are you doing? <laughs> like the the fact that they thought it was a good idea to get away from all of these pods to go down underground where they honestly have nowhere to escape. I'm like, wait a minute, that is not a good idea. Yeah, let's talk about that underground scene really quick. If yeah, that's okay because sure. I just now that you just brought that up, that's like the most. Actually, the film gets and mm-hmm. quite well. I, that that's the shooting scene. I think um, between uh, them, thought, her shooting her bow, uh, Gale of course doing the fire, I thought and that was, the trident. That's Finnick. I thought that was the the best action scene actually in the entire series. It was, and I and yet it's also like for someone who hasn't read the books. And uh, Alex, when we had left the theater, I got a lot of information from your wife Emily who mm-hmm. had read the books, and she kind of explained to me, but like. Okay, let's just put aside like the book's knowledge for one second because it, when we when we were watching that scene, I'm like, how did we stumble into like Alien Five? Like, yeah, like I don't understand how I, the universe of the movies in any way set up the idea that there are like creatures. I mean, there are brief moments like during Catching Fire, yeah. of, like the monkeys or whatever, but mm-hmm. we had never seen I would say full out like unrecognizable. And apparently there's also backstories to what, who they are, like their past victors that had died or something. Mm-hmm. But like, I, Well, yeah. and, and just the look of them, too, and, and sort of the texture of their, their skin. And with the fire, too, down there, I was like, man, this is like... like it looks, looks awesome. And I was totally does. on board as far as like the... It, it looks like I Am Legend. It's like I Am Legend meets yeah. Alien. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm oh, saying. Right? But, it was, but it was actually good. So that was, that yeah. was not I Am Legend. But, it, but it's also... Oh, and I also got to praise uh, one thing... Um, be directly before that action scene. Uh, that's how you do suspense. I love that we got like four scenes in a row of flashlights walking down a corner because maybe because I because it's not a horror film. I, I kept expecting it to jump out at the very first possible minute. So like every time I kept. Uh, defeating my expectation, then I was finally like, okay, I guess nothing's not gonna... Holy shit! shit! Like, they did it, those fuckers. Like, that's actually... I was very, very impressed by how long they were actually willing to, like, stretch that out, because that was, that was very effective. Yeah, especially uh, when you have... Um... Uh, Fulton from the Mighty Ducks, who's leading uh, them down this corridor. Well, he... that's uh, that's Foggy Bear too, right? A deer, deer devil. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, and and he walks oh God, over, is... and the, and the music kind of sets the mood, and then he walks back, 
and he like looks at them. He's like, oh, it's all clear. And the music goes completely quiet and they just expect him to get like picked off by something. And then he doesn't. And then like, like you're saying, like 30 seconds later, the, the, uh, the mutts show up and yes. shit goes crazy. Yeah, like, we have that. They're called mutts, but also they keep calling PETA a mutt. Yeah. Like that, I just want to make sure. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Well, yes. and, and the whole backstory as it was explained to me and to you is that mutts are mutations who are who die in the Hunger Games, and then mutations of the people who die come back as those. So I feel people. like they should call Peta a different name because that's just kind of confusing. No, but they mean two different things. Like there's mutts as in mutes, and then they're also talking about mutt as in a lap dog. I know, but nah, it's a, I don't think so, man. It, it, well, he was calling he was calling Peta a capital mutt. Yeah, a capital mud. So, so okay. I'm thinking that would be a different kind of yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's like a, it's a if you're gonna build your own universe and you're gonna do things that are not like both possible in the real world or just doesn't exist, and you know you have to you know create your own like species or whatever. Like maybe don't have your characters call characters the same name as something that we don't even barely have like I, and part of this is because I haven't read the book so it's like I, I can't differentiate between the two names and so I'm only going off the film's reaction it was just very weird to like be like oh the mutts are coming to be like, fair there is no referent in the in the past films to what that actually means yeah yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, but that action anyway, scene though that was great. that was legit, and mm-hmm. like when Katniss gets thrown into that bridge and she like flies backwards into the water, and everyone in the theater is like, yeah. and, uh, and then we get the the very nah, I, w- I wouldn't say emotional necessarily, but we the the very sad scene of uh, Finnick. Finnick dying, and the second time in the series that uh, that uh, Katniss is a mercy killing, so mm-hmm. after yep. Cato in the first film, so yeah, but. Overall, then when we get to the to the end of the the film, it just really didn't work for me in terms of after everything that happens after the bombs explode from the parachutes coming down. I was like on the edge of my seat, like, oh my god, Primrose just got murdered by the bombs. Did the bombs come from the rebellion, or did they come from the capital? And I'm like waiting for this like great storming of the capital. And the next scene is like her walking through a garden and going in to meet with President Snow, who's still alive, but he's in handcuffs. Yeah. And then all the well, not just are... that, but the, when she wakes up, like they're explaining it to her as if like it's the most normal thing in the world. They like, just occupy. And they're, they're telling her essentially how the war ends, and yet they're like, "So yeah, we uh, we uh, infiltrated the capital." And, yeah, uh, we've <laughs> just we've just blown past the climax of this entire series and we're, we're getting it explained to us yes it was huh? i love that i love it when they just explain really? no no i'm oh, just I'm, I'm, being, I'm being facetious really no I, I liked what happened um just because it was so disorienting but i typically don't enjoy that i feel like i there was a delayed gratification on that front i will definitely agree with you on that alex but i did enjoy what I was able to like experience with the whole but snow it, versus Katniss. If, if you want to explain to it too, that that's what happens in the book, which I'm assuming is right. I actually, I can't remember <laughs> to be honest with Neither you. Neither can Katniss. <laughs> yeah. But sorry if, guys. If you look no at problem. like the Harry Potter series with, with the battle of Hogwarts and the, the final battle between Harry and Voldemort of course, is, is quite that's different. That's the opposite side of the spectrum of right. like a little too much emphasis. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying There's is a that medium somewhere. when when you move from a a 
a book to a film, you need to make some sort of changes to what your story structure is. Yeah, Harry, the uh, the Death Eaters, they came, and uh, you won't believe this, uh, Neville actually beat the shit out of Voldemort. Holy yeah. shit. And but, then you just woke up and, you know... But that's what I'm saying, <laughs> that in, in a film setting, when you, when you reach that like climactic part of the story, and then you just drop off the bridge, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, we've already wrapped up all the loose ends. Uh, we're going to kill him tomorrow, and you're deciding if uh, she's going to be the president or not. And uh, you know what? We're pretty It's basically here. like saying we blew all our budget on the black sperm you saw earlier, so now we can't give you the final... Uh... Every time. Yeah. <laughs> Every... It is a... There's a black... <laughs> there... <laughs> Wow. There is a. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're gonna oh. need a minute. I guess so. <laughs> this is Rocky Four all over again. I'm just saying, there is a black sperm epidemic in Hollywood right now. I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but okay. I, I got I, all my. System. I just can't get on board oh, with sperm. just just dropping the audience off there and and not. Having the the ending of that that the like actual ending of what that scene should be like, I, I guess maybe trying to go with what the story is. But for me, like I want to see them like capture and like actually take over. Especially because the- this is a franchise that's been concerned with those kind of matters. Like we we've, we've seen the Hunger Games, we've seen you know storming other you know area or whatever. But like this is the one we're gonna skip. Like that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. right. And, and, and then the, the the final ending of the film. Um, I, I like the, the, the scene. I, I think that is a terrific scene uh, with the arrow and the uh, the President Snow tied to the uh, whatever that thing is called. The, the whipping pole, I believe, is what the, the, the official name of it. Whipping pole. But um, it, that scene is great. But then after that, I just was just I just really didn't care. I, I just just like, oh, they're going to go back to their home that is destroyed and no one else lives there now. But them. I know, I Nick, it. you had very similar feelings <laughs> to me on that. Uh, Hamish lives confused. there for some reason now with with sort of with them. He like I comes over on the weekends. I just couldn't tell if they were exiled or if they were choosing to be there and it felt like kind of both. Th- as a film it never actually gave an answer which i'm not saying like i want answers but the hunger games have never been ambiguous so i don't know yeah. why they mm-hmm. weren't like like you can exposition dump everything else but you can't even say one line that at least tells me why they've decided or why they landed here. i i will say this though um for for this this ending which was not that great especially the ending of the film um I I really do think that this is just the way that it works with the endings of stories, especially when it comes to film. Like, if you really want to run on account how many endings of a of a series or a franchise or a, a, a yeah, story, what do you mean by story, like, uh, well, the ending of a story. If you what, want to count how many like of those are every film has a story, what do you mean? No, when it, like when you have a trilogy or a okay, you're a, talking like actual like franchise. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. When you just said the ending of a story, oh like well, every film sorry. ever I, made. I, what I meant was like a gotcha. a trilogy or a a, a multi film effort. I mean, if you really want to think about all the the films that ended good, I mean, there just really aren't that many. Spider-Man 3 was one of the worst pile of shit anyone's ever seen. The third Matrix film is an awful pile of dumpster sewage. We should really talk about those films sometime. No, not the third one. Uh, Or the second one, for that matter. Uh, Richard Linklater's Before Trilogy gets better with every film. It really does. Okay. It really does, yeah. Okay, that, that's fine. I'm, there, there are exceptions <laughs> I'm, no, to the I'm, rule. I'm literally picking different. Like the only exception to the Back rule. Back to the Future 3, whatever oh, happened. Amazing. It, yeah, okay. Uh, the, just, uh, the, the third Dark Knight film, there just really aren't that many that 
end with a, a really strong suit. And maybe that's just because it's really hard to tell a good ending to a story, especially like this where... Porky's 3. Jesus. We really have a whole universe that kind of plays out. And uh, I'll, I'll give them that, that it's hard to do doing the final film uh, well, but... I, I well, think they're they, also they tied because there's a difference between uh, adaptations and like film sagas, you know, like Star Wars or something. You know, we can't blame Return of the Jedi's ending. So if you don't like Return of the Jedi's ending, I don't know. But if you look at something like that, we can't like the Hunger Games are tied to its source, so they can't really rewrite unless they're unless that's their intent. Aaron, so what, what but, but your... you could you could do them in a in a slightly better way i think aaron what was your yes. sentiment about the the last book in the hunger games trilogy what how did i feel about how it how did you feel about it how did you feel about it? especially i thought it sucked i told you that <laughs> no in regards, in regards to like susan collins like you thought that she like kind of just threw i in think the she gave up the second half of the book and i think that might be actually a one-to-one translation it, with this exactly yeah. exactly can we also circle back real quick um so did you guys notice that when they were going through the capital, like through the city, that basically everything was abandoned, right? Yeah. But yeah. then it's like, everybody, come, get saved by President Snow, come to the mansion. Like, where did all of these people appear from? The other side of the yeah. city. Or let's even talk about where did leopard people come from? Yes. <laughs> that's never introduced in the film. What In the film, like, the film's universe whatsoever. But once again, uh, Alex, your wife, explained that that's like a thing that is per- prominent in the book in the yeah, sense that, that people like, get like operations so they yes. would be, be higher like, thought of yeah i'm like well the film's like it's too late to, to introduce leopard people like right. that's, 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 a, that's a that's a film two uh level of uh initiation you, you can't do that at part two of your concluding trilogy because then i'm just i'm like okay so now we have what reavers and leopard people walking around in this <laughs> universe and I, I just uh in the first film we had like the game master who basically looked like he took a child stencil and like applied that to his his beard hey, man to, to his credit Wes bentley owned the shit out of that yeah, he was one ugly that was, looking beard i mean hey uh, he at least he didn't have to follow a bag around the entire film so that's something <laughs> yeah so i i think that at least from the friends that i've talked to about the original hunger games like the actual original first book that the capital is supposed to be a lot more extravagant and decadent and that's yes. yeah. a lot and that's like it totally makes sense but like they didn't do that in these movies like the most that they ever went with it where I could like see traces of it but it fit in the movie is in Catching Fire when they're at the big capital party and they say a few lines like oh yeah here's your throw up bowl because we like to throw up our food so we can eat more like that I could totally go with in the moment of it being introduced and we can go right past it because it just makes sense you know but, like, if you don't explain that there are leopard people or why there are leopard people, uh, and then you just have a leopard person kind of be involved with, like, the the, the, the crux of, like, how mm. we're going to get into our climax, it I, you're distracting me because now all I want to know is where the fuck the leopard person comes from. What's her well, name? Tigress. Uh, th- I think oh, that, is she I a think, tiger? I think, I think there are actually quite a few things that this film uh, and, the, and then the films in general – had a really hard time with and in terms of explaining better because I feel like there is some explanation to two things, but I just sat there with certain things and I was just so confused. Like in the first Mockingjay, after the bombs gets drops on District 13 and we go out and see the remains and uh, there's all the flowers and I'm just remember sitting there thinking, why the f- why does President Snow have such a boner for all these <laughs> these white flowers? I really have no idea why he keeps bringing this up. Nobody explained that. 
Sort of though, if you if you go, if you like are like really paying attention, he he explains. Are you saying that you should half watch these movies? What? Well, you said it. It's explained only if you pay attention. No, but but if it, <laughs> that that is part of the problem though, that the explanation that comes from Finnick about the uh, the actual um, what what the deal is with the flowers comes while all this other action is happening at the same time. Really, the only time we get to avoid what's happening with Katniss in the entire series, and there were previous things that were like kind of like mentions that he had something quite like happening with that like the the blood in his his uh champagne glass in the second film which yep. i remember it's the first time seeing that thinking why is he bleeding out of his mouth is there like a like an issue there and there's really really no explanation <laughs> brush for those it. gums if you had read the book though it would have been like oh that's kind of cool because i i know what, what why he has that but right. as the first time seeing it, i'm like does it have, like like mouth cancer or what, what's, what's he happening took poison there? along with uh yes his, I, his I, friends. I, I know i know that now yeah. at the time again in the second film when that had not been uh, established. It was very confusing. Yeah, but uh, it was a minor detail. But I just wanted to get that off my chest because I, I thought that was stupid. So, mm. me or what? Oh, you? Yeah. Oh, you? I, no, I just didn't. I thought you were going to like say more. No, I mean, I, I've, I've kind of said my piece, and I have more things that may come up <laughs> later. But yeah, overall, I, I thought this was okay, and the ending was not very good. I agree. Okay. <laughs> my my general thoughts are that this is also my least favorite entry in the film saga. Okay. I, yeah. I. Okay. The, the reasons why I dislike this movie is the reasons why I like Mockingjay Part 1. You know, like, they're the inverse of each other. So mm-hmm. that's why it's going to be very easy to pick sides. It depends what you want out of this franchise. It, you know, it depends what you mostly respond to. Um, whereas Mockingjay Part 1 was, like, a pretty, I thought, in my opinion, engrossing, like, three-fourth politics look at, you know, whatever, of how this is all working, and then, like, let's end it really quick with a Zero Dark Thirty homage. This is, let's spend an hour and 15 That's minutes. That's pretty on point. Yeah. yeah. And then this is, Mockingjay Part 2 is the flip side of that, and it's, let's spend an hour and a half recreating the Hurt Locker. And then we'll really quickly go through every single important plot point that we didn't address before that. And <laughs> for that reason, I, I just did not care for this film that much. I don't I don't even think it's that bad, so to speak, because I like I said earlier, I'm a fan of this series. So I like spending time in this universe and with these characters, but overall I, I could not get on board with the whole narrative structure of just getting from point A to point B, like that's all it was. It, I, they're just it takes them fucking forever. And when we're there, we cannot check in on President Coin, and we cannot check in on President Snow. We only see them through video messages. So by the time we even get to wrapping these things up, it's like, oh yeah, they're characters in this movie too, and yet they're also the integral parts. An- an- another issue that I feel like is is hard is that we th- this film almost like feels like it just like jumps forward of we have the struggle of Katniss that she's she's has these leaders who she's got to you know live up to and she's got to follow them around and she has to find a way to to steal away this device so she can see where all the pods are and then we almost get like and I, I hate to bring this reference up because it doesn't really relate that much and it's a totally different film and a, but it's a series though which is the the third Pirates of the Caribbean film at World's End uh, you'll see where I'm going here, but um, we'll see. Kira Knightley's character goes from just being a person to being the pirate queen in about a matter of four minutes. In the uh, and that's all because uh, 
um, Chow Yun-Fat's character dies and pretty much says she's going to be the pirate queen just so we can progress the plot, which is very similar to what happens here with uh, the, the guy who's leading this whole caravan of people going through getting to the capital dies and pretty much says, Katniss, I'm giving you this because you're the main character, so take this and lead everybody on whatever you want to do. Like, it really just seems way too convenient to just go from, we're on this, and then we immediately go to just what Katniss is doing. Yeah, there's no real tension after she takes over. Like, when, Mich- that's Michelle Forbes, right, I think, as the, 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 the commander, the female commander of, like, the, I believe it is. You are correct, it's Michelle Forbes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, that's Michelle Forbes character with the commander <laughs> there's never any tension uh, from the moment Katniss takes over when she's like she's like takes her gun out of her holster and is basically like I will shoot you if you don't give me that's like no you're yeah, not that's, that's, in, a, that's literally goes probably against your direct orders that you were probably given from yeah in you know, Game, Game of Thrones with her half shaved head just like jumps in there and is like no yep. fuck you um, so like because of that yeah there's no tension surrounding that um but I'm with you, Alex, in the sense that, okay, so we get through all of this stuff, and I personally wasn't interested. And some of it had high points, like the uh, the Reaver under the sewers uh, <laughs> fight scene, which looked awesome, but uh, mm. it's kind of like, mm. um, Okay, so after that, uh, oh, one thing I want to really quickly point out. Earlier I mentioned something about how Mockingjay Part 2 might have been my, like, uh, the, move, the series going past my... <laughs> my limit on uh, Team Peta versus Team Gale because the one scene in this movie that was I was like okay was uh, when she was like like pretending to be asleep while the two men basically get to like hash out who will have yeah. her like that was I a was little, rolling my eyes yes, oh, yes. like with her, and I, I I don't necessarily <laughs> think that the film itself is like thinking that what they say goes because obviously Katniss gets to make her choice so to speak but yeah when they were like yeah well you know she'll always love you bro and like no man it's you it's always been you and and like I, th- I expected them to start making out how um, about neither of you <laughs> yeah like that and then you know, how, how about I know you had that Cracker Jacker, but I saw you almost try to throw her in that oil earlier today, so... I thought we agreed it's called black sperm. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that was the scene I was referring to as far So you as said like, you were agreeing I, with me. Yeah, so I'm... Go I, on. I'm agreeing with you that once we get to the, shall we say, the... the, the walk to the Capitol, whatever you want to call that whole sequence where he... Where she's dressed up looking like a mix between Gandalf and Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's what I don't get. She like, okay, she walks, first let's rewind a little bit, she walks onto District like 8 or whatever district she flew to to start the mission, I don't know which one it was. Okay, now she doesn't have a hood on, but like she's recognized instantly. The minute she just sets foot, everybody's like, hey, that's Katniss, okay. So how is this one hood concealing her entire I was actually this sounds stupid but I thought leopard lady was going to make her into a leopard like I thought, right. you would think I thought that she that would that, be somewhat talented right. with makeup with right makeover. tigress come exactly. on exactly I genuinely thought that that's why I'm like oh that's why she's a leopard lady because we need to turn Katniss into a leopard lady anyway it was right there in my name Kat anyway um, <laughs> so anyway in this scene okay so we're walking to uh, the capital and here, at this moment, we are going to not only deliver, I would think, what might be the biggest death in the entire series, if we're just talking, like, thematic resonance and whatnot, uh, the death of, of Katniss's sister, because that's that, that brings it full circle back to what this is all about. That's why she volunteered. It's why she's in this mess, was to save her sisters, you know. 
okay, I'm fully on board with the decision of killing Prim because I, I like the idea of, like, <clears throat> war as hell and, you know, casualties and your your best decision can lead to your worst moments type, type you know, mentality. But by the time we're introduced to the idea that she's even there, like, it's it's already over. And I get that, that, that that's uh, it's a common trope in media to say, like, well, it, the director was going for the whole war as hell, you know, uh, feeling. Like, Joss Whedon has cited that a very, I'm not going to spoil, but a very big death in the Buffy, the Vampire Slayer uh, series finale, when a character dies, happens in, like, a split second, and then they move on to it, whatever. And he has said that that, that was a war as hell moment. Okay, but just like that moment, I don't get the impact of the death because I'm first confused why she's even there at the first place. And I get that that Katniss has also run away because she didn't realize that that was like a possibility. But that moment, editing-wise, did not work for me at all because I'm just like... Wait, why is Cat or why is Prim? The, oh, okay, now she. Oh, now Katniss is fake. Oh, now they won the revolution. Like <laughs> <laughs> none of that fits together or should fit together in a thirty-second time span, and yet it does. And that's what's so crazy about this. So they took what for me would have been like a huge moment, and they completely neutered all of the the emotional resonance of it and that that i thought was awful in my opinion like it doesn't matter like there's a difference between war as hell and like just bad pacing and editing because if you're gonna put it does not translate the same way to your main character that it will to your audience if you do that in that style because they are your main character they will have an emotional reaction the people in the audience are still watching a movie and they still have to like understand the situation before it's fully over and i that moment did not work for me at all and well the runtime on this is over two hours do you think that they were like we're running out of time well and that's that's what i'm about to say now so that happens and then we have about a half hour maybe not even i don't even think left of screen time and when we get to basically everything that happens after Katniss faints, I'm completely on board with plot-wise. Like, I think it all makes sense. It's all very logical. And not only that, but I feel like it's a great conclusion, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, of this story. It's thematically great. It's complex. It's dark. And it's, you know, whatever. However, <clears throat> just like Prim's death, it's it's gone through so fast. Just like what you were saying, Alex. Like, I agree with the idea that the ending just did not work for me at all because of how it's played out. Like, it's not so much that I disagree with any decision being made here by any character or the fact that it becomes President Coin is kind of like the ultra-villain or so. But when we got to all of this 30-minute kind of wrap-up or whatever, I was never asking myself, um, why are they doing this? I'm at, I kept asking myself, why weren't we watching this movie an hour ago? Yeah. Why did we spend <laughs> an entire hour and a half watching them go from city block, abandoned city block, I should say, to abandoned city block, to abandoned city block, to abandoned sewer, to abandoned leopard ladies. they didn't have enough content for two films. But I, and I agree, (laughs) and that's where I say that the the split did not hurt Mockingjay Part 1 for me. I think it hurt Mockingjay Part 2, because at least Mockingjay Part 1, most of that material, I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm not saying you can't excise scenes from it, because I feel like you could have trimmed both of these down to maybe like a lean hour or 45 or something like that um but mockingjay part one perfectly sets up everything that's going to happen in the last 30 minutes of this movie (laughs) you know like that's that's what that's a continuation of so therefore like we could have 
yeah, I just I was not on board with this movie as a whole because it either f- messed up what I liked about it or it was just showing me shit I didn't care about. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- this, I guess this kind of says my feelings on PETA and uh, and Katniss's no PETA and Katniss's relationship, which um, I I get, maybe I'm alone, but I felt like the whole time like I really just didn't really care too much about it. Uh, and, and when they have their big moment where they kiss and that brings PETA back to life and now he remembers everything. and it's pretty cute. And there were people like cheering in the theater and they're like, yeah! <laughs> and I'm sitting there yeah! thinking... Hey, they also cheered at a fucking dinosaur oh, eating another dinosaur. Okay. People cheer at anything. I, I, I get you, but what I'm saying is is people doing that and I'm just sitting there like rolling my eyes thinking, God, this is stupid. And then, um, I, I'm sorry, but... I, and this is goes back to what I'm talking about about like being more way more interested in the side characters than the actual characters we spend the entire film with. When um Hamish and Effie have their kiss on the lips at the end of the film, I'm like, hot damn, I want to find out what happens with them. Like why can't we yeah. why can't we get more of that? I really could care yeah, no, less. Actually, that's a great <laughs> I know. I really could care less about this PETA maybe well, maybe in they when they have the new Hunger Games films that are gonna the, come out in a few years we can follow Hamish and Effie and get more of that storyline. The problem with PETA as a character is that you can it's so hard to talk about PETA and separate him from Katniss. Like no, no there's very few people that want to engage in a discourse of PETA the character without like talking about Katniss and PETA because I actually I like PETA like I'm on team PETA in the sense that I thought he was actually a pretty well done character. I'm not saying Josh Hutcherson was like a good actor or something like that but i really like especially in the the, the second movie like what, what Hamage says to uh katniss about the line about like you know he's way too good for you you know like yeah like th- that kind of arc of pita like i was i really dug that and so that's another reason why i probably didn't love this movie because here we have like a pita who's not really pita so it's kind of like we don't really get this emotional like involvement of like following his story to the end because he has to be like a crazy person who's not really in control of his own actions. So that was another reason why I was just. Uh... Well, it's weird. It's also weird that there's like almost like a like a weird role reversal between the the roles of Katniss and the role of Peta, where Peta almost plays like a little bit like a stereotypical female throughout the films, where he's like, "Oh, look at I'm using my baking talents so I can survive this horrible Hunger Games or whatever." Or, I, I, like, I like I like I like gardening and I like and and you have Katniss who definitely has uh, a lot more uh, you would think of is like almost like manly traits like she likes to go hunting she likes to do this kind of thing she's always having to save Pita uh, no matter what scenario it's in uh, and it, you know it's. Uh, it's it's kind of a weird role reversal in the I in their relationship, and, but it, but it, it is cool. But it but it, it, right. it also and um, this film throws that out the window right. because it has to serve the plot that Suzanne Collins kind of backed herself into a corner. I think with this whole I was before we watched this film, I <laughs> I had no idea that Peta's like what happened at the end of Mockingjay Part One, so to speak, was like actually not going to. I thought it was going to be resolved by the time Mockingjay Part Two. I thought he was going to be back to the old. I didn't realize that that was going to be a story. This movie, so that was another. That's kind of why it threw me for a loop. I just had no idea we were going to spend that much time with it. I just didn't really like Josh Hutcherson. I thought he was a whiny bitch the whole time. <laughs> yes, I mean him as an actor. Let's just keep him, it as, him as an actor. I just didn't think he played. You didn't Let's get that in the. You would you didn't get that in the books, but right. I just thought sometimes in the film he was a whiny bitch. <laughs> and I, I I see that, and I also think that that was 
I'm not saying he was doing a good acting job, but I feel like that suited the character. My <laughs> wife said the exact yeah. same thing. She's like, all, all the time, Katniss just has to save his bitch ass all the time. Every single turn, she's just having to carry his weight, dead weight around and having to save him. And she has to even offer to kill herself so she could save his sorry ass at the end of the first film. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, he's just such a girl and ah, you have Gail kind of Gail, well but she's in that my wife's saying the same she's like you have Gail you have this this man who's there and then you have Peter well I, I, <laughs> that's like I I, I I have opinions about that but I guess that's not uh, I'm, I'm, I know and that's why I'm like I'm not even going to engage with that because then I'm not <laughs> I'm talking to somebody who's not here which I, I do but I shouldn't do on this podcast um, so <laughs> I'm I just going to let that go I guess okay. we know whose team is on who yeah, no, Emily. But but at the same time, I, I think my, my wife, to bring that in, I think she, and this is something that comes with reading the books, is that she got really, um, you know, really, really was able to get into the characters. And she 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 absolutely loved Finnick. And she said, had told me that when he dies in the book, that, that she was really, you know, heartbroken over that, that she loved his character. And then, you know, you, I, don't, I don't know how it read in the book, but she's like, just reading that, it was... You know, just a, this this terrible thing that you, your favorite character in, in the middle of the final book, you know, dies in the way he he dies in in the movie too. It's it's pretty sad that he's you know trying to save everybody and and be this person, but so is everybody else. So right. the fact that he gets caught behind and then he that's, he falls back down and and gets you know the the way he dies then too is well, is really that's sad. a better example of like what the prim death should have looked like, not like physically should have looked like, but yeah, it would have been really awkward if, if all of a sudden <laughs> no, no, no. all these mutts just come out of the the ground and no, but that's a very like cold and disconnected like war is hell message because the camera literally just keeps going up like it's not like it's zooming in on his face to see like a tear fall <laughs> or you know just something ridiculous and, but like it's almost like the movie is leaving him behind mm-hmm. so to speak uh right before cat cat just does the mercy killing and that's how you do like war is hell you don't like have your character faint out of it so, so that we don't have to like think about the logistics of how we would frame all that you know so yeah. I, that that's it's the same message but it's much better conveyed in, in that particular instance so what did uh what did everybody think and you would be able to tell us better again sure which is great because you're because you read the books um the the ending with president snow uh and my my wife has told me that in the books the uh, the suicide pill that Katniss has. I forgot to bring that up. She was supposed was like her goal was to put give that to President Snow. Yes. So she's the one who kills him. Yeah. And it's not like a not like a mercy thing, but she kills him without like shooting an arrow through his head or whatever. And then she ends up obviously not being able to get to him. And we see him pretty much then being beaten to death by the citizens of Penem. Um, how did you feel about the way his character ended in 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 this film? And do you feel like that? did a good job going with what the series went for in the books. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough. Like, if I were in Katniss's... Katniss's? It's hard. (laughs) If I were her, I think it would be a difficult choice because, really, she's only going to be able to shoot one person with her arrow, right? So who do you... This has been your enemy. double-deck it? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I guess not logistically. But, you know, you have President Snow where this has been her enemy throughout the entire series and this is somebody that has been directly you know for her has been 
the person that has caused all of this hurt and anguish throughout the entire series for her. But then you have Coin, where she knows, you know, she decides to let her be the president in in the interim or whatever. Um, that really, that could be the de- demise of everything that they've worked towards. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it had to happen that way. But I would have preferred, obviously, for Katniss to go ahead and kill President Snow. Well, and, and, you know, Donald Sutherland, who's just kind of stuck there and he's already probably on his way towards death anyways with his uh, his mouth condition and the fact that he's old, just an, an, old, an old person. And we, we see him like, like almost almost remind me when he when the the uh, the aide or whatever goes in and, and tells him that, oh, Katniss is still alive. Like I'm reminded of Daniel Day Lewis being drunk on the floor and there will be blood like he like goes up like. What are you telling me about? What? I have to see it for myself. I'm like, dude, what? Dude, this guy's like, like what we saw on the camera earlier. Like he's like fucking like death is like upon him. Holy shit. But yeah, he, he just, um, you know, it's kind of a weird moment of, of her shooting the arrow through uh, President Coin, And then you have that, that great creepy laugh. <laughs> he's like falling yeah. over and then he's beaten to death and that's it. Can we talk since we're bringing it up? Uh, first of all, what was the name of like the, the little like, self-killing thing nightlock 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 okay i have a complaint um <laughs> we don't put it you, in the box it's called script writing 101 if you say the word nightlock uh, a dozen times and you keep referencing nightlock and then not a single character uses the nightlock you you just made an enemy out of one nick cheney <laughs> i i thought that like when when i when i read that scene i thought that she was Either going to, she was going to kill Coin, and then she was going to kill Snow, and then she was going to kill herself. Oh, that's I thought, what I thought. Yeah, that's I, thought she, I thought she was that's going a, to use like, the Nightlock pill on herself. Other, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is PG thirteen. That would never <laughs> happen. Well, well she it, shot an arrow through somebody, and then she would give herself a suicide pill. I mean, what? I mean, yeah, that's what I it's couldn't that, understand. It's not, what? It's not that. I don't understand her bad. plan. Was she gonna like walk up to him and be like, "Here, take this"? Like, like I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think she thought the logistics. That's why the only thing that made sense in my mind when she's like staring at it, like, "Am I really gonna do this?" Like, because I figured what was gonna happen is that she was gonna kill herself, so that way she doesn't have to face like another like a trial or something for killing yeah. the, the president of the, the whatever. So that's why I could not understand. Like, I well, well put that although together. if if you if you think about it thematically. That really wouldn't wouldn't make sense for her character to do that because that's almost like admitting that what she did was like a like a horrible thing. Like she couldn't live with herself. If if you were talking about being spun by the people who were in charge of the Capitol, then of her shooting the president and then deciding to like kill herself, almost like it's a suicide mission. Well, I mean, I think she's always wrestled with like trying, like having to kill children. So I thought it was going to come back as like is death justified? You know, mm-hmm. it never is. So I thought that's what I just figured. Like by the end of it, you know, she's like, you know what, fuck this. I, I saved all of you guys' problems, but I don't really want to be here anymore. Right. So. Well, and I think to a certain extent that would make Nothing sense because she you. she never wanted to be the Mockingjay. Right. That was never. So her I thought intent. that was her going to put an yeah. end to it all, and no one's going to use me, and this is my decision that nobody. He can make for me like that's why i genuinely i that's i leap to that uh, uh uh thing but apparently that's not how it is in the books and i'm guessing the filmmakers thought that they were making that clear that you know that that was for snow but i i did no. not pick up on that and i mean I, I guess after the fact it I would say it makes sense, but like you see her like staring at snow and you're like no like you know like whatever but then i'm like well, 
at least immediately i'm like wait why do you care like you were just sent out to kill him but then it's like you were gonna kill him mercis mercifully or something yeah yeah Mm. It's very confusing, but that's what happens when you (laughs) compile a book's worth of, I would say, politics into uh, one chapter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So does anybody else have uh, anything they want to uh, discuss before we move into ratings? Yeah. Yes? Okay, good. I mean, even the, what I referenced before, like the final, like, round table scene where they're deciding, like, what they're going to do um, with the the capital, like, the capital of children, just like, I, I liked... The fact that it was so provocative that I, I kind of like transitioned myself to like being in there. I was like, what would I do if I was in that sort of situation? And yeah. I'm just like, and I, I don't know. Maybe I just want to like share my idea for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So my idea with that was just like, well, obviously I wouldn't choose to vote for uh, the killing of the Capital Children or another Hunger Games. And I also wouldn't choose to actually kill Can't like, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't choose to kill she says so. President Snow and his inner circle but rather keep them as wards of the state because I know that Snow's that already going wasn't an option yeah so. shut up this is my this, well, is, this is my I thought you meant like this is my brain cannon let me have this okay it's like you keep them as wards of the state you let Snow die off you establish a provisional government that has at least a lifespan of like eight months there is no like duly yeah. elected uh, interim again, president again, and then again, you elect somebody Tucson. The, the, whole, the whole point here is that I know, but she I set like this that. up because she wants to to be always be in charge. I know, so that's but how fuck coin. I ever, liked my idea better. But, but that's I have a not question. an option at this 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 creepy. Did you ever fail table? a test what? in school because it said pick A or B and you couldn't do it? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that, that's the whole point of it of this like this this like bullshit thing that even like the people who are sitting there like Joanna like just like rolls her eyes like really this is an option. And then she says, well, I guess it, it's one or the other and. I don't like she's President been Snow. An angry person. Yeah, so yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Right. What it doesn't really affect me. Can we, just... can we talk about something that comes up in that scene though? Okay, that yeah. I have been wondering about since day one of watching the very first Hunger Games. Okay, so I found out from Alex's wife Emily that President Snow's granddaughter does not exist in the books. I, I think, right? Mm. Yeah, she does yeah. not exist. Okay, no. she doesn't exist in the books. As someone who watches before I watched Mockingjay Part Two, okay, as someone who's never read the books, and hadn't, before I watched the movie, hadn't, you know, didn't know how this plays out, I would not only assume that she was in the books, but that she was somehow going to be, like, integral to the climax, and, like, she was going to be the one who, like, maybe killed President Snow or something, because it makes no sense that in all the films, except for this one, where they fucking forget about her, in all of the films leading up to this, we have a deliberate scene of, like, President Snow and his granddaughter. Like, you know, the first scene, she's, like, kind of, like, tickled and inspired by Katniss or whatever. The second scene, she's, like, even, like, pledging allegiance. She's wearing the pin, I think? Right. She's wearing a Mockingjay she's, she's, pin? She's, she's, like, pledging allegiance to Katniss under President Snow's own, you know, like, nose, okay? And even in Mockingjay Part 1 is the scene where, um, you know, Taking the pin out. Yeah, taking the her... pin off or whatever. So it's like we have this weird – I'm not saying it's a subplot because it's obviously it's one scene of film. But that's that's running time that a, you know they're devoting to. And then in this movie, it just completely forgets it. So it's like why did we invent a character that serves absolutely no purpose? Well, and I don't know if this was a substitute. I was actually thinking about this a little okay. bit. And there's a character in the first Hunger Games called Madge Undersea, who is the mayor's daughter of District 12. And she's the one who actually gives the Mockingjay pin to Katniss. So I don't know if that was a substitute for that. 
Okay. So that was a pretty big scene uh, yeah, in the books. In the books. Yeah. Yeah, and okay, so then that kind of makes sense as far as like trying to like come up with like a equivalent, but keep it also in house and not have to shoot a whole other scene or something. Um, but yeah, so they forget about her in this movie, but then they make one line that I feel like they think is somehow like the the culmination of this running like cumulative three minutes of runtime throughout across all three films before where when they're discussing whether they should do the new Hunger Games with Capital Children one person said yeah President Snow had the granddaughter and it's like oh we're, we've seen her before so that's really going to hit home like I don't know it was just so bizarre that they spent time to like deliberately show this and then have it go absolutely nowhere just so that one person can make one line reference to uh, unless like Maybe somehow she like went through puberty or something like uh, you hear that sometimes of like TV shows or where like a character or like an actor or actress will accidentally age more than they should just because they're a real person mm-hmm. uh, in real life and it becomes like uh, not feasible to use them as like and since she wasn't a major character but maybe yeah. they, I don't know it's just weird I, I, I guess I, I yeah I just really didn't really care that much I guess I didn't look into it as much I don't as necessarily you did. care I just I care on principle of like that's a that's a that's a problem as far as like it's it's just like nightlife or nightlock you, you can't keep bringing this shit up if it has no place in the story can I can I say something that has absolutely nothing to do with any of the story but I just really liked about this film Please. sure okay so uh, the girl with the, the tattoo on her head that has like the half shaved head what's her character's name do you do you know is like Cressida or something like that yeah played she by does. Natalie Dormer yeah she's the the leader of this film crew or whatever and she's always like picking out where the shot you is yeah girls. give me what? a second okay she's always got that like she, I think she does it like probably like six or seven times in between the two mocking Jay, where she like shows off. She she's like a one trick pony with that. Where she goes up and she's like, "There's where the shot I want to start." Every she, single time, she, she's, she's got that box down. Scorsese. Hey, she's got that box down. She knows a good framing shot when she sees it. So she's got a role, man. Well, I, what I want to say is that I thought she delivered the best line of the entire film, which was a total throwaway comedy line when President Snow was delivering the uh, the speech, and uh, he's saying, "With my up to my last dying breath." I will do this. And she just kind of pipes up, like, throw away. They, like, cut back to the scene. She just says, well, I wish you would get on with that last part. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Had no bearing on the story. But that's what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going away with you is that there were things in this film, actually, that I like that, that I, I could get away, you know, get on board with that really didn't have that much to do with the actual plot. Uh, but I, I actually just, just like them. And whether it be action scenes uh, but yeah, when it comes to like actually looking at this film as a whole, sometimes it's like, mm. did you, you find out what her name was? Yeah, it's Cressida. Cressida, it is Cressida. All right, what a throwaway character she was. Is that there were quite a few of them in this series? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, go to final ratings if everyone's cool with that. And put yeah. a, put the what? Yeah, go for it. Oh, I thought you said no. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I guess. It's <laughs> Get, get, kind of put a cap around this series. And uh, Toussaint, uh, I know that you, you didn't really want to start us off, but you're going to start us, start the ending off All and right. give your Sounds final good. rating. Okay. All right, let's do it. Yeah, this okay. has been a really interesting conversation, especially because I didn't know about the the fact that President Snow's like granddaughter was a complete fabrication of the, the, the film series itself. So that's actually pretty interesting, um, that entire drop subplot. Um, I still think that, Comparatively, I think that this is a more enjoyable film for me than uh, Mockingjay Part 1. I enjoy that there is actually a lot more 
there was a lot more action. I felt that the action was actually like moving towards like points and characters that I actually cared about. And I was like, I wanted to see a final confrontation between Katniss and Snow. And even though it didn't pan out the way that I originally thought that it would, I still like that I was able to get that. Um, I'm glad that there was a lot of resolution to some of the main conflicts and stuff, even though I didn't enjoy the ending, the, the epilogue, um, so to speak. I thought that the traps were cool. Um, the fight scene and the sewer was awesome. And yeah, and just just kind of like the the actual like socio political questions that I had to like ask myself like what if you were actually in that room and you actually have to do that stuff like I enjoyed that I enjoyed like being able to project myself into that that way I know, I know where this rating's going <laughs> actually maybe you don't okay I am oh. I'm going to give this film uh, three out of five. Oh, okay. Uh, you were going to give it three and a half out of five, weren't you? Actually, I wasn't. Actually, I wasn't. <laughs> All right. Very good. Good stuff. All right, uh, Aaron. Yeah. I I mean, I guess for me, it's not going to be that surprising when I'm going to rate it. But um, yeah, I would say, again, same with Tucson, as far as that kind of round table scene to me was really good. Um, Prim dying was a nice plot twist. Uh, Finnick dying. That was a great scene as well. But I would just say overall, in comparison to the other films, um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give it like two and a half stars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right on. Yeah. Um, talking about it, I, I was kind of going in between a couple of ratings. Uh, there were only half star in between, but I was going between them, and I, I initially decided to go with the higher one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna revert back to the to the lower rating. Uh, just because this conversation is is uh, made me feel uh, that that rating is the the correct rating for me to give this, uh, and that is two and a half out of five. I just really ha- had a hard time getting on board with this film as a whole. Is that I really did like individual scenes, the the sewer action scene was awesome, and actually that whole scene in general was just great at leading up to to the final part of that scene. And actually, when they're running back, that is a, the the score was great in that scene. It was very intense. You had that weird like pixel thing going on with the the pipes in there, but that's okay. I'm, I'm willing to go with that because that was <laughs> that was part of what the the you know game or whatever was it there. Um, but I, I really like that scene, and I, I did like other scenes in this film. But the whole package just really didn't work for me, and and, and uh, tying the whole thing together just it just didn't all gem. And I, I like that the 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 series ended the way it did with with Katniss uh, killing President Coin. And uh, then, then the, the the whole community is able to to move on in a, in an actually different direction and not just falling prey uh, to this idea of one person just deciding what's going to happen with a, an entire uh, group of people. Um, but again, the, the the way the film went, I just couldn't get on board with the whole thing. So it's a two and a half for me, and an unfortunately not as good ending to the rest of the series. And I think too, it's difficult when you have a film like catching fire in the same series to give this one a high rating just personal opinion well C- catching fire for me was just such a such a good film and, and and i guess even though i really did like the first and the third film i feel like catching fire is like the exception to this series that it is the one like really great film i give it up. a four or four and a half yeah i, right. I, I gave catching fire four and a half like i, I gave it a seven so that's on the scale dude. you get out of here <laughs> son of a bitch that, but catching fire really is is this for me the the one that stands out in in the series of being 
you know, really great. And I feel like now Mockingjay Part Two is stands out in, in the other way of being the right. one that is kind of disappointing. But I think when you have a film like that in a series, you go into these to any other subsequent movie with your expectations high. Well, right. that's exactly I feel like what happened, and not that it's the same exact example, but what happened with me, and I know is what happened with with you guys, at least part of what happened with it. With uh, the James Bond, last James Bond film, where everyone's expectations were raised from Skyfall, and then you go and see Spectre, and you're like, that wasn't as good. I mean, half the battle of rating a movie that's a part of a series is whether, you know, whether you're rating it against all movies or against, uh, or relative to the other movies and the other installments, because it's like... You know, if I I feel like I would for any film series, James Bond, Hunger Games, I feel like I would almost give two ratings. One as far as just how I thought about this as a movie, which mm-hmm. might be much worse than just I like the Hunger Games, so I'd give this a slightly higher rating than most because at least it's playing around with established characters. Series really like. are unique to rate because at least on a on an individual film to film basis, you should be able to judge them on how they stand, but you also have to take into account that they are weighed against the precedent of what like goes like. Before them, yeah. Hmm. So Nick, uh, let's uh, let's hear your final thoughts and your rating. Well, uh, <laughs> um, I've already said just about everything I pretty much think about this movie, which is that the parts that I liked uh, were handled horribly. The parts I didn't like were stretched out way beyond their limits. I feel like this is a good uh, example of portion control. <laughs> you know, like, everything in this movie feels like it belongs in a Hunger Games movie. It's not like it did anything that, you know, the other films either didn't set up or didn't whatever, but it is just so... Uh, the ratio of what this movie should have been concerned with is so off that I just can't really dig it uh, overall because it just kind of dug itself into its own grave, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, I I give it a this is me being generous. I give it a two and a half out of five stars. I, I don't even you know, that that's that's half then that's what I was discussing earlier. Like half of that is a reaction of it being relative to the other movies because uh that's about what I like I don't think it's that much worse than the other movies, so to speak. Uh, but then, like, if I was just grading as, like, a, a just grip writing one-on-one or just whatever, it'd probably be an even lower rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just, like, my affection for these characters certainly, I think, prevail in the end, and my affection for these themes and whatnot. But overall, this was just not the way to go about it. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, not the uh, not the greatest review uh, from from us for for uh, catching or god damn second time. <laughs> okay, we're gonna have to start the episode <laughs> catching yourself <laughs> for mocking Jay Part Two. I, I obviously gave our all pretty strong opinions on it, but uh, not uh, not giving raving reviews on it. And uh, we'll see what happens with the fifth film, which <laughs> you can keep laughing. No, I know, I know. Unfortunately, it's probably yeah. going to be happening. Yeah. So, yay. Mm. Let's hope not. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm. Although this uh, this was the the lowest opening weekend, uh, which was surprising. Yeah. Hopefully that deters them from making that decision. Not. I'm not saying deters them for good, but like that maybe they should wait a little while because I think that's what it, like if if this had somehow been the like the the biggest box opening uh, box office opening of all four films, I feel like that would have just ex- uh, expedited the process of getting the next film out. But at least this tells them that. Just the name Hunger Games is not the biggest uh, attraction anymore, and it certainly won't be past its own story. There just didn't seem to be that much buzz for it, even though it, it did pretty well at the box office, and it, it made quite a bit of money, obviously. It, it just 
I feel like when the the first film came out and then and the second and the third, I feel like there was way more people excited. And you know what? And I don't want to keep bringing up Star Wars because we talked about that last week and on, on other previous episodes too. But maybe because this was really like the only blockbuster that came out late in the year, the last couple of years, that it was like people people were able to get behind it and say, "Oh, damn, let's go see the Hunger Games." It's, I feel like even Spectre got quite a lot of buzz. So it did. But well, they could. But yeah, it, well, it, it, it didn't do that great at the box office domestically overseas. No, but I'm just saying, like, I don't see it's. It's crazy to think that this is the concluding chapter of an ongoing saga, and I'm seeing more people talk about Spectre even weeks later yeah. than I am of people just reacting to the Hunger Games. Like that's kind of a sad statement to make, yeah. and I think part of that is like what we've all shared today, which is that it did not. <laughs> Uh, I would say effortlessly uh, cross the goal line. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, yeah, and uh, if you have an opinion too on, uh, on keep it to yourself <laughs> on the Hunger Games series or uh, Mockingjay Part Two uh, specifically, and you want to send that along to filmtankshow at gmail dot com, uh, we'd be more than happy to to read uh, what you have to say. We would on uh, an upcoming episode. Speaking of upcoming episodes, uh, myself, Nick, and Toussaint will be back next week for episode forty two in which uh, we'll be uh, going back into the vault to uh, the classic film series. And this is, uh, I think, somewhat of a classic film, you would say, it's right? It's one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, as yeah. Toussaint picked out uh, the, this upcoming film, and that is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I don't know a single person who dislikes this film. doesn't mean like it means that everybody loves it or whatever, but yeah. I've shared this film personally mm-hmm. with so many people, and I, I don't know who I watched it. Um, yeah, like it's that. it's it's an interesting film for sure. Uh, it's a one of the few films that Shane Black has uh, has directed that at least has been a, a major release. Uh, the other, obviously, being Iron Man three. Uh, but this he, is the reason why I was excited to see Iron Man three. That hey, says I, a lot about because I don't like Marvel. I, I think that Shane Black's um, involvement in Iron Man three could be a reason why it was so good. I but, agree. Um, you know, we'll have a lot more to say, obviously, about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang on our next episode. So um, feel free to stop by for, for that uh, next week. Stop on by. I'll post the address on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, with, with the photo, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, also, uh, you can find us on Instagram, also Facebook, and uh, Twitter at Film Tank Show. And you can find us on our website, uh, filmtankshow.com. Uh, where you can listen to all of our episodes. You can also listen to them on iTunes and not on that other one who won't even mention. <laughs> we mentioned the name of it earlier in the episode, but we're going to stop doing that because That's no one needs right. to give that company any more business than they already have. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, so uh, a very a big thank you to Erin Silk for joining us Thanks again. Thanks for having me again. I know she, she came back, so you know she joined us. Maybe this will, she won't want to come back again after, <laughs> after, after this Our, episode. The beginning of this episode was a little rough. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. Maybe she'll, she'll join us again uh, at some point down the road. But thank you again for joining us for this Thanks episode. Thanks for having me, guys. We it was great. more than happy to have you here. And uh, it, was, it was really great to, to have you on and also to have someone who actually read the books for the series. Uh, as, uh, we're not necessarily we avid know. readers we here. We don't know how to read. Oh, Tucson, yeah. Tucson is Makes more, sense. but you have I not have, read the Hunger Games I haven't series, read the Hunger Games so. yet. I work in a library, <laughs> and I don't remember the last time I read a book. <laughs> That's a sad statement to make. Oh, if dear. my boss is listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so from uh, so from Aaron Stone and myself, Alex Diekman, Tucson Egan, and Nick Cheney, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Film Tank. We will catch up with you next time. Oh,